0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Praxis Pedagogy Podcast. This is episode 37. How you doing out there? This is going to be a great episode. Man, we've been waiting for a long time to have this episode come to fruition and we are very excited to bring this to you today. This episode is entitled pints and pedagogy that's right pints and pedagogy we will let the episode speak for itself so just uh, sit back relax enjoy this uh, time thanks for joining us if you haven't subscribed already would you mind subscribing and if you've already subscribed and if you do subscribe please leave us a rating and a review it helps us with the giant algorithm that is in the podcast world and will help us get this message out to other people who may want to listen to this podcast thanks very much and we'll catch you on the other side three two one hey everybody welcome back to another episode of praxis pedagogy podcast we got a lot of peas in this podcast because today's topic is pints and pedagogy from coast mountain college with nikki and adam this is amazing sally how you doing
1: Oh, great. I've look, been looking forward to this <laughs> particular session for since January. Since, <laughs> since January, when Chad and I flew out of, um, which airport is it? Which airport do we fly out of? If you can uh, remember, exactly.
0: that's amazing.
1: At Coast which, Mountain. Which, I, terrace. Terrace. Yes, yes, Terrace, right. And our parting words were, we will see you for pints and pedagogy. And nice. then there was... Pandemic, another P. <laughs> yeah, yeah. long time coming.
0: Yeah, that's very good. So I'm I'm raising my Yeti cup right now. For those of you who are listening and can't see anything, I'm raising my Yeti cup.
1: We're raising our glasses too. Which which
2: I, we should probably go around and IPA we're drinking if we're going to be doing pints of always first, right? Well, there you go.
0: You you go first. We haven't even we haven't even introduced our guests yet. We're already talking about what's in our cups. <laughs> <laughs>
3: this is gonna be a great I'm episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, uh, Adam. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll hop over and, and chat with Nikki.
3: Okay, so um, I am. I have a fancy title. Uh, I'm a Learning Transformation Specialist. Um, basically, do ed and faculty development uh, at Coast Mountain College in the Center of Learning Transformation. That's our Teaching and Learning Center. And uh, I've been doing this work. Uh, coming up three years, and uh, before that was doing some adventure-based learning and a bit of uh, informal, like, uh, kind of sessional teaching as well. So, okay, cool, huh? Yeah, cool.
0: And what's in your cup, my friend?
3: Oh, and what's sorry, I forgot the important part. Uh, <laughs> I am of... drinking a driftwood uh, hazy IPA, Oh. Here. the yeah. original gravity haze. So,
0: Adam, you're nice. you're you're in my top four, top five friends now. <laughs> That's really good. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. We'll, we'll come back to you soon. Nikki, how about you tell I, us who you are and where you're from and what you do?
4: Sure. My name's uh, Nikki Wren and I was a learning transformation specialist up until 11 days ago. Uh, and I've stepped now into the Dean of the Coast, the Center of Learning Transformation at Coast Mountain College.
0: Hey, congratulations.
4: Ooh, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> to a little cheer yeah, that's blink, exciting. Blink, blink. Uh, and so, awesome. um, I, yeah, I lead the team to, to do faculty transformation and to innovate and to come up with ways to improve learning for our students through uh, what our instructors do in the classroom and at this point across the screen. Okay. And in my cup, I'm mm-hmm. drinking a Tofino Cosmic Wave double IPA. Oh, double, <laughs> slowly you, slowly. slowly
0: yeah because double ipas in about the nine nine point two nine point five range the yes so i'm a IPAs sipper are,
4: i was gonna say sipping i sipping, sipping. <laughs> yes. say
0: that again sally sipping
4: sipping, sipping. yes and <laughs> right. i have a i have a, an accent like sally because i'm originally from australia um uh-huh. and so we've got two strange accents on the call uh-huh. That's very good.
0: Well, yeah. like Adam said, you know, it's it's really us who have the accents, because you know, it's. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Sally, how you doing? What's in your
2: cup?
1: Oh, what's in my cup? I have been waiting for this little can to make an appearance today. So it is a Vancouver Island, uh, Broken Islands Hazy IPA.
0: Oh yeah, H- hazy. Mm.
1: Because now we're back in, yeah. Now we're back in school. It would be wrong to drink during the week. So Friday is a very, <laughs> very wrong. very <laughs> wrong. wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wrong. So Friday is a very exciting day around here because IPA makes a performance. Yeah. Well,
0: it does make the world go round, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Very good. Very good, Chad. How you doing,
2: buddy? Good. Hopefully, my sound's been kicking in and out. So hopefully, I'm got a better connection now. I'm good. Tim, I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Good.
0: Okay, what's in your cup, buddy?
2: Right now I've got my Bonnie Henry What Would Bonnie Do cup. Oh. Uh there's what? coffee in Where did there's you get coffee that? And, I don't know, my wife got it from a friend of hers. It's awesome. There's it's got look at it's got she's on it.
0: Oh, is it one of those thermally dynamic ones where it changes when you put hot liquid in it?
2: No, I, I don't know what would what would it change to. <laughs> well, <laughs> she, Bonnie's she, dress she would, turns red.
0: She oh. turns into the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> or, or she, so their mask appears.
2: That would be a good one. <laughs> that would yeah. be a really good one. I got a bottle. So there mask will cup be, that does stuff like that. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, wow, that's kind of happy cool. happy accidents, Tim. Um, there will be a <laughs> fat tug going into that cup later on, but right now I'm on kid duty, so I'm just gonna ah. keep my IPA for later.
0: You're being the responsible adult. That's good to hear.
2: Very good. Somebody's got to be here.
1: Yeah. One out of (laughs) five. Awesome.
0: (laughs) All right. So we've entitled this Pints and Pedagogy. And I am the odd personnel, because I haven't got well, I probably have a pretty good clue of what pints and pedagogy means, but I have not experienced the pints and pedagogy in the flesh. So Adam, Nikki, tell us what pints and pedagogy is.
3: Okay. Well, um, Pints and Pedagogy is an offering that uh, Coast Mountain College does. And uh, it kind of, its origins actually are somewhat of a joke, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, it kind of, like, I was thinking back um, initially when you invited me to the podcast, I was like, whose idea actually was this? And I'm not too sure. Our previous director, Carrie Nolan, mm-hmm. uh, and I, Um, I know we're in conversation about it and maybe another faculty member uh, and yeah, basically uh, it's based off uh, um, uh, two or three kind of different threads we wanted to pull together. Um, But um, I don't know if you're familiar with open space technology at all or world cafes. Um, uh, So, These World Cafes have this undergirding of learning happening and being constructed in a space that's more informal. And basically, we realize that different contexts create different conversations and a different type of learning. And this was the type of learning that often is missed as in teaching and learning centers when we offer workshops. Mm -hmm. There's conversations that happen afterwards in the spaces in between that aren't actually captured. And uh, so we wanted to have a space for that. And we were kind of brainstorming and um, Carrie Nolan is uh, famous and infamous for her paddles and pedagogy uh, course, which she offers in Mexico. And uh, I was like, well, maybe a pints in pedagogy. And so (laughs) that's kind of how this whole thing was uh, born. Uh, And yeah, so yeah, it's been running for about, two and a bit years now and uh it's it's been really great we have about five uh, faculty to about 10 and we've had sometimes even more than that show up so it's a it's a bit of a mix uh depending like depending on who shows up Mm -hmm. uh so yeah it's been quite a journey
0: that's very cool very cool nikki what what else about pines and pedagogy would you need to tell me about the get me over there other than it's ipa land and we could go
4: i i think the thing that i really like about it is it's not really a workshop but it's not an after work social either so it's this like in between space where you know it's one thing to say yeah we're all going you know down to have some drinks or whatever but it's not that it it actually has some structure to it and adam does an amazing job of leading and i'm sure he'll talk about some of the topics that he raises but it's not it's not run like a workshop and I think for me, the part that I love about it is um, it's an invitation for uh, like instructors across all of our disciplines to see themselves as, to act in a way to, into a professionalism, sort of like this professional space of, of open conversation about best practice, about philosophy. Um, Because so often, particularly at the college level, a lot of instructors see themselves as subject matter experts who are teaching that subject. And we're, we would do a lot of work out of cult to say, you know what, you guys are professionals and you're representative of your academic field. And that changes a little bit, how you act. It changes the conversations you have. We want you to um, innovate your practice. We want you to reflect on your practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, I really think from my, I came in, as I said, a year ago into this and these are the kinds of conversations that are happening, um, you know, in a really comfortable relaxed atmosphere. Like if you were at a conference, you know, I've, I I'm an academic, so I've been to a lot of conferences and these are the things that happen on the Friday evening before the conference starts, right? Like right, where yeah. academics get together and they, they talk about their field and or, or their practice. And yeah, this was a space for them to do that without sort of forcing them into saying you're actually a professional, not like a, uh, not just an instructor. Right. And, and it's a, it's a subtle thing because I mean, instruction, instructing is a profession. But it's that, yeah, it's that sort of switch to seeing themselves as, um, yeah, academics a little bit.
0: That's very cool because I've been very conscious over the last year, especially to start using the word faculty rather than instructor, especially in the trade side. And um, it's only been recently that the Institute has referred to everybody on campus as a, as a faculty member because in the, in the past it was, oh, if you're on the trade side, you're, you're a trades instructor. But if you're on the technology side, oh, you're faculty. Uh, to the point where even our two representative unions, one's BCGEU for the trade side, and the other side is faculty and support association, right? So um, there's there's already a dividing wall of hostility between the two groups just because of nomenclature, right? And it's amazing that people still stumble across that, but uh, that's very cool. Very cool. Thank you. And we needed to give a shout out to Carrie because she wanted to be Mm -hmm. here and... You know, the timing just didn't work out. And, and, of course, she had to take a job all the way over on the East Coast. So, Carrie, oh, we miss you. We wish you were here. You are awesome. You're a, you're the rock star of rock stars. And big <laughs> shout-out to you. So maybe next time we can reach across the country and bring her into the living room with us and uh, have a little chat. But uh, You
1: know what that means, though, Tim. That means we're going to be drinking at 12 o'clock midday. <laughs> and if nick is when, on that double ipa i'm not well, it sure kind of, fits in
0: with, kind of fits in with my dad always said right it's five o'clock somewhere five o'clock somewhere so we're all good with that sally how about you tell us a little bit about your experience with pints and pedagogy because you are a well i wouldn't say a seasoned veteran with pints
1: <laughs> yeah steady um <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy yeah easy um well, in actual fact, we didn't really go, Chad and I, we went to the bar where um, whoa, heights whoa. pedagogy is actually, you know, facilitated. Right. And we went with the people that facilitate it on a regular okay. basis, but we didn't actually attend it. Although... Okay. We did have a
2: pint, and we did talk about pedagogy.
1: There you go. Everything. The only (laughs) thing is, I think when Adam tells us a little bit more, because I asked so many questions about it, I had this idea for when we were going to have the trade summit at VIU that was due to happen, I think, in May. Um, We were actually going to host. We asked. We had permission from the cold team to – go ahead and facilitate pints and pedagogy. So, I mean, Adam, I'll explain a little bit more about that world cafe model, mm-hmm. but just the fact, I'm just going to add this in here. Cause one thing I really like that Adam said earlier was different conversations grow out of different contexts. Right. And I think that that is, you know, this is the essential piece here. And I think that You know, we went to the, we had a great day. We had a fantastic day. We did our workshops, but then we went to the pub. We had a drink and then we went on to a restaurant. But the conversations that evening, and I have to say, nobody could get a word in between Chad and Nikki once they got going. (laughs) (laughs) As you're
0: talking, I can see Nikki in the other screen. She just all smiles, right? She's just, it's all smiles. You just, you just can't keep a straight face, it's all good. But I
1: honestly have never (laughs) sat around a table before with so many people that it wasn't like anybody was holding this topic. The topic was pedagogy. Not one of us wanted, and pints, but not one of us wanted to stray from that. And I think that's also an element of this is that, you know, you've got, faculty teaching for 10 months of the year and mm-hmm. I know when I first started teaching which wasn't really that long ago tim carson by the way <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> condense those years a bit um nobody really spoke about teaching you know they they spoke about their trade what they did as a tradesperson but it was almost if you we i had to really curb my use of language so you were talking about this I had to curb my use of language and avoid speaking of pedagogy because that was just in the trades faculty. It wasn't, you know, uh, an everyday conversation. So I think there were so many valuable pieces of this puzzle, but I'm going to let you carry on and hop in again a bit later.
0: Okay, good. Chad, tell us your experience. How'd it go?
2: Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to echo everything Sally said. I I went up there, we flew in. And suddenly we were surrounded by our people. Like we were, we, we all connected <laughs> on that first night. I remember sitting in that pub. Where's Lucy sitting down. Lucy
0: needs to be here. Cause you just yeah, said, you exactly. said the same thing she said.
2: Oh, it was just an instant connection. And like, you just yeah. felt like you'd known these people for years and, and we've all kind of kept in touch since then. And it's funny that it was a one day workshop. Like it shouldn't have been that big a deal, but to me, that was like, it's one of the highlights of my year for sure, regardless of 2020. And then mm-hmm. the people that you meet, And realizing that, and like Sally said, I mean, Tim, you, Sally, and I've had these conversations forever and we've been surrounded, we kind of our own echo chamber, but then to reach out and have these conversations, that's why I couldn't stop talking that night. And like, I, I know I'm not one to want for talking, but I just to find these people that you could have these sharing these ideas with and bouncing ideas off of and sharing books that we were reading and podcasts that we listened to, like it was amazing. And so, yeah, I think those kind of communities that we build and I, I don't even like to call it a community practice because it's just a community, right? It's not like we're trying to build around something. We're actually just building friendships, relationships. Um, And here we are in in COVID still having these conversations with these people that you just feel so connected with these friends now. cool, And I think it's such an important aspect.
0: Very cool. I'm so jealous. I didn't get to go, but that's okay.
1: I know we missed you. We missed you. We felt very strongly that you should have been there. (laughs)
0: Thanks. Thanks.
1: Next time. Next time. (laughs) Next, maybe next time 2022 when we can sure travel again. 2025
0: <laughs> you know when we're all retired and go no around rush. in wheelchairs no rush. Good. okay adam now adam we're back to you brother tell us some topics that you guys talk about because i keep hearing about this pines and pedagogy and we just heard from sally and chad just how wicked of a time it is what what are you guys talking about when you get these people together
3: Okay. I will tell you the topics, but first I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I even come up with topics.
0: Okay, cool. (laughs)
3: Um, so I was, and maybe this will kind of further conversation in, in the kind of along the lines that Sally was kind of mentioning as well. Um, but so even, so I'll usually be listening to to faculty and hearing what, is going on in their kind of neck of the woods and, you know, listening to my podcast and kind of immersed in my own little world. And I'll be like, what's going on? So there's part, part of it is like kind of feeling the pulse of where our community is at and what kind of uh topic would have traction. Mm-hmm. And then the other piece um, and this piece kind of popped out at me. Cause I, in prep, I wrote down a few of the themes and I was like, Oh, this is what I do. And it's, I look for the contradictions, um, that all of us are holding in, in how we kind of, uh, that are kind of underneath pedagogy. Um, and so I guess these are the wicked questions that instructors Mm -hmm. are dealing with all the time. And, and I find that those contradictions, those wicked, Questions. These are the questions that don't really have clean, cut, clear answers. Those are the topics that have the most energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that said, I a lot of times I'll come up with a topic, and uh, one. Let's just think of one. So, designing and facilitating so that failure is a friend in the learning process. Um, So in that there's a contradiction in that we're evaluators, but we're also coaches and we want to see the success of our, of our learners. And yet at the same time, we, to get to success, they have to go through failure. So there's that contradiction in there. Right. Right. So I came up with that theme and I've, you know, I've prepared some questions to further things along and I show up and there's 15 people at the table and they all have just come from, you know, uh, union meeting where they're talking about uh, international students and Mm -hmm. we had to work through some things before like I was just like I'm not we're not going to talk about this today Uh and you know just being you know uh, loose with what whatever is going on sure Um, and you know I've like I'll also develop a sequence too of topics Mm -hmm. so I think that day we talked about Um, disruption in learning. And, you know, or another topic we've had is uh, um, developing structures of support. Like how do we, what does Mm -hmm. support look like in learning? So like, I, you you know, we're talking, you you kind of hold things kind of loosely, but you're also kind of engaging instructors where they're at what's going on today for you. You know, we've come in one time and an instructor had um, just a disaster, like, in terms of marking. And he's just Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden this spawned this huge, you know, discussion around assessment, but then also sustainability. Right. Right. Um, So it's, you you know, sometimes you have to be like, I don't know, you have to hold your prep ruthlessly and just be like, okay, I prepped, but we're not going there today. (laughs) Which is kind of a
0: double-edged sword, right?
3: Yeah. And sometimes, like, I've, I've prepped more for these pints, uh, you know, offerings than uh, other workshops that I do um, just because I'm trying to think of all the different uh, rabbit holes we will go down. And, you know, uh, the beauty of a world cafe kind of style is you don't know where the learning will go because it depends on – where people are at. And so you kind of have to hold that with this openness as well. So um, improvise improvisation is totally a part of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, with a very emergent crowd or room like that, like you, you have to be ready to dance right and yeah and I love the way you said just hold it loosely and you'll put hours of prep into this and you show up and you're like yeah okay we'll put this in the back pocket because it's not happening today so I mean there's the other side of that double-edged sword where it's like you do all this prep okay not happening today but you'll have it for next time right mm-hmm. very cool very cool so what are some topics that you pick like uh, other than contradictions and wicked questions and
3: so we've talked about Metaphors we hold in teaching mm-hmm. or different metaphorical hats, like um, we've talked about disruption in learning, mm-hmm. facilitating community well in the class, resilience in teaching. How do we sustain our practice innovation? Mm-hmm. How, how do we deal with being stuck mm-hmm. or how do we get unstuck? What are the barriers in our, um, in, in innovating and how do we make innovating easy for our, ourselves in the classroom um uh, how much of our teaching is addressing the things uh in the world that are happening or are, are, is our teaching actually making our students better citizens um oh, wow so those are those are that's a little run through of some of the ones we've done and then we've also had a few where we've because our of focus as a college is experiential and place-based we've uh, gone into that content as well and uh just before the uh the pandemic we were focusing more on um place like how do we make our learning benefit the place that we're in and i was introducing this idea of wild pedagogy to our crew and you know this was a, another cool thing we had I, i'm nikki start smiling because we were in uh start smiling she hasn't yeah. dog smiling <laughs> <laughs> we were in smithers so th- this was a, a a traveling road show to some degree because we have a few c- campuses that are spread over hundreds of kilometers right sure. so yeah we'd yeah. be in smithers we'll be in terrace we'll be in prince rupert and we kind of go in between those campuses we were in smithers we had a group of uh, instructors and we had a trades instructor, some, um, you know, in English we like, so it's kind of having, you know, everybody from all these different teaching fields together. Yeah. And i I think it was one of our English, uh, professors ended up giving, um, Nikki, a high five around Palo Freire, because we were bringing okay. that into uh, into the discussion. Uh, oh. But yeah, bringing in wild pedagogy and having a trades instructor saying, "Oh, that's awesome! I want to incorporate wild pedagogy in how I do um, uh, his he does carpentry, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. carpentry. And uh, I was like. Oh my goodness. I like got to pinch myself here. Like a carpentry instructor is like pumped on wild pedagogy.
0: Well, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's like you're, you're fishing around for that one beautiful pressure point. Right. And, Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you hit it by accident. Sometimes you hit it on purpose, but that is, I'm, tell me when you're having the next one, because I will drive up to Terrace. <laughs> yes,
1: right? pick me I, up.
0: We'll do a Praxis Pedagogy Roadshow, and we'll just head up there. Because, <laughs> I mean, all those topics, man, like metaphors, disruption, um, the resilience piece, like uh, how timely could that be like right now, the whole resilience in what we do? And and the impact of our teaching, like sometimes I think we just look at the the classroom that that I'm in, and I got 16 students or I got 30 students, and I'm just looking at that little impact. And I'm and I'm oftentimes I don't even think about the footprint that occurs after that time that I'm with the students. And um, yeah, that, those are oh, I'm I'm driving up you you. let me know I'm there buddy I'm there and I won't come empty handed either so
1: can I ask I a question know. have you continued your pints and pedagogy with yeah, faculty good virtually
3: that's a good question so yes the short answer is yes um but it has looked a little bit different so we we have another offering we love alliteration in our center so we do <laughs> um a morning version uh, called Treat Tuesdays, uh, and that's <laughs> <laughs> specific to uh, the Terrace campus. Um, but that was another way because we ended up moving offices not that long ago. Um, but that was a way to get folks o- to our office and know where we are. And so, we, I, being a coffee nut as much as an I, I am an IPA beer lover
0: oh adam you just bumped up to number three <laughs> on my list now
1: you're bumping the rest of us right oh, out, yeah,
4: <laughs> adam, yeah you, out.
0: You, and I, you and i will have a contract negotiation for paroxys pedagogy podcast after this yeah. it's all good so
3: so i love coffee so i'd be up there with my hand grinder like we make hand coffee grind too? Ian.
2: oh
4: yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh. tuesday morning um, always smells and sounds delicious and now because yeah. they they takes him 20 minutes
0: <laughs> i know <laughs> grind the coffee. I know.
4: sometimes <laughs> okay. we have to take turns because okay. he gets so the let's, let's
0: let's get to the important <laughs> questions what what's your favorite mode of brew adam
3: um i'm well it's a tie between the pour over and aero so. oh, oh, the so
0: i'm in press. i'm in love with my <laughs> chemex right now i'm in yeah, like you love with my
3: chemex Yeah. And I would like a, I like a Kalita pour over. So yeah. Yeah. yep.
0: What about the Baglitelli, the,
1: the Italian espresso maker I have. That's a
0: different style though, Sally. Mm, It's it's a different style. And if you're not used to it. it. Whoa, no, Hey, there's no doubting that it is good. Very good. (laughs) But you don't quite get the same depth of flavor. From a bac- oh, baccatelli or whatever that stinking thing okay. called. Okay.
1: Yep. I think maybe Bloody. it's not, it's not yeah. the press one. It's the, you know, it's the one.
0: Yeah, it's the steam that, pressure one that you put on yeah, the stove. Yeah, it's oven. this
1: big that apparently makes nine cups of espresso. Well, <laughs> like
0: you have to remember those cups are like four ounces each, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it only makes one normal cup, Canadian cup. Anyway, we got so the-
2: <laughs> 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 We <can be> ever
3: <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, coffee. It does it no, every time. do
0: apologize, brother. It's all good. It's <laughs> good.
3: So anyways, yeah. So we com- basically combined those two into our, we like, go we'll offer a Treat Tuesday slash pints kind of idea informed. Uh, and we did it via our Blue Jeans kind of, uh, which equivalent to zoom kind of thing yeah. where we're all, but the tension with that whole thing was folks had been on screens all day, you know, mm-hmm. with trying to rescue and uh, their classes and move things. And, you know, they're, everybody's working from a screen. And then we're going to do, you know, a workshop workshop on the screen. And then also the, uh, the medium of like this, this zoom or uh, blue jeans it puts, it doesn't really serve an informal setting super well yeah. um, in that when I talk, everyone else has to listen and you don't get that I, on a street Tuesday. You can have simultaneous conversations all the time mm-hmm. and, and here you feel like you're on stage. Sure. So it was a bit of a painful transition and we're still learning and trying to, the big question is like, how do we serve that? informal kind of context where all this goodness can happen Mm -hmm. and, uh, how do we, you know, have soil for that stuff to grow when this medium doesn't necessarily serve it that well. And we don't really like, there have been attempts, like people have done, uh, I think there's a house, house party app that you can use or uh, like, I, I, it was all kind of emerging as the pandemic was happening. How do we have like a social time together with mm-hmm. being physically distant? And, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know if we've cracked that one yet.
4: No. I will add though that, I mean, we were, when the pivot happened in March, like Colt just, we were trying to help a lot of instructors who pivot, who did an amazing job. And then that kind of ended in May, uh, end of April mm-hmm. and then in May and through to the middle of June, Colt taught, uh, two courses, that were uh, we had I think fifty instructors. We had about seventy in total, but fifty instructors took that course on how to teach. It' a really cool name: distributed learning, navigating pedagogy at a distance, and. Uh, We had, we had two runs of that. And so, yeah, I know it's very important for us. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and we, we ran those courses and that was a, it was a a big, I mean, it was a really heavy workload for us uh, at the end of what was a crazy pivot and our instructors stepped up and joined. And I was so impressed that so many instructors participated when they were exhausted. And then we were trying to run that through that time. And then everyone kind of went on vacation. <laughs> and so we're now just back and, uh, and, you know, end of week one here, we're just trying to get through, uh, you know, startup. And then mm-hmm. I think starting next week, Adam, and I, we're talking, we're like, we're going to, we have to figure this out. We are going to figure right. out how to build social community, but not just socializing, but how to have this informal place. Um, and, and we will, and we'll let you know, but we're going to figure it out.
2: Oh yeah. You need <laughs> to let us know, girl. Cause that, you, <sighs> I'm, well it's just so seriously. important like so many of us are suffering from zoom fatigue right you're on like literally i'm on the stupid computer i mean not stupid i love my computer but it's affording me so many different things <laughs> hey, up
0: again hey mike yeah mike, you
2: mike smith is here now <laughs> but by the end of the day i have friends that are like hey why don't we get together for a beer online and i'm like uh how about we don't and, <laughs> and then i just feel bad but at the same time how do we and i guess that's the problem that's the nut you're going to crack for us I guess Nikki and Adam is Yeah, we'll crack it. Yeah, you guys are on it, which is good. (laughs) I mean the rest of us don't need to worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. But how do we create this community in in a synchronous, asynchronous manner? That Mm we can so we don't have to suffer from the zoom fatigue and all that fun stuff. The
4: good thing we did find when we were doing it early on, besides the zoom fatigue and the the, the kind of clunkiness of it, was that it was the first time that we had um, some sessions you know, late in the day and people, I mean, people were more relaxed. We noticed that everyone was starting to be in their kitchens or sitting out in their back deck. Remember Adam, mm-hmm. like people were out in their back deck sunbathing and uh, and, and with a beer. <laughs> and uh, and and so it, you could see there was a switch in how people were approaching being on the screen. But sure. the coolest thing is we had people from Smithers, Prince Rupert, Terrace, Hazleton, all of our campuses for the first time were together. Really? In one, And we've never, cause awesome. we, we normally go around yeah. to all the campuses. So, that's and a amazing. few of the participants said that they're like, this is so cool. I'm yeah. at Pines and Pedagogy with the Prince Rupert people.
0: <laughs> that, and that's, that's amazing because even BCIT, we, we have several satellite campuses, right? And there's, I mean, there's not hundreds of kilometers separating us, but there's enough for even those satellite campuses to feel like they're not quite a part of the mothership. Right. And I mean, if you, if you took it by the crow flies, I mean, every campus is really only 30 minutes away, but the time you put in traffic and all that other stuff, it could be an hour or more before you get from the main campus to some of these other ones. And Nikki, that's one of the biggest things that I've heard from these other campuses is one, we don't connect enough. Uh, and two, we, we feel remote. Like even though they have their own deans or their own associate deans and, and they have sometimes these these large facilities like the aerospace and technology building by the airport is Freaking huge, but they just—they still feel like they're "quote unquote" a satellite campus, and and that that just comes through time and time again. So that's significant that your people are are just on fire for this connection piece, because I mean, obviously the distances are are more for for you guys up north, and even when like not even, but when the weather gets terrible, I mean, it even could make it worse, right? Because you can't travel when you got you know, six or eight feet of snow between two different campuses, right?
4: Yeah, and, and we found that as well, not just in the Pines and pedagogy, but in that course that we taught, which was mm. just so well attended across all campuses. And some of the comments, I mean, Adam, you can sort of correct me if I'm wrong here, but I seem to remember some of the comments coming out through the discussion threads that we were reading was that I've been teaching at Coast Mountain college for seven years. And this is the first time I feel like we're one big college. And wow. I mean, it was so incredible. when they're like, I feel like I've made friends with my mm-hmm. colleague who I've had for so many years at a different campus. And then, and then afterwards there was these breakout groups. Like I got emails over the summer from, um, we have a program college and career prep and, uh, there's math teachers in all of them and they're all in every single campus. And I was getting emails saying, Hey, Nikki, can we pull together all of the math teachers from CCP? Cause we need to like crack a couple of problems here and we want to do it together. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And they very rarely ever talk together.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's huge. That's huge. So Adam or Nikki, tell, tell us a little bit about how you got this momentum started because I know that, you know, this thing hasn't always been running and, You know, there may be some people listening like, I I need to do this or we need to do this. or And because there's tons of, I mean, it's just amazing to to hear the testimonies that you're sharing. But share with us a little bit about the beginnings and maybe a little bit of the struggle that you went through to get where you are today.
4: That's for Adam to answer.
3: Oh, nice one. (laughs) Did you hear me swear?
1: <laughs>
4: uh, no.
3: <laughs> no. We'll edit that. We'll nope, no, no. Make sure you
1: edit that in. No. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Anyways, um, so I guess the short answer is uh, it it has been the hard work of the previous dean, uh, Kerry Nolan, um, in investing in a lot of. Uh, of the other workshops just to build relationship. And like, I think like any institution, ours has its great things and it's things that we're kind of working on. Um, and one of the things that is super essential for this to work well is that people trust each other. Like there's a level of vulnerability and then also like a willingness to put you know, your agendas aside and just to be yourself, um, in this, this workshop. Um, and you know, I think as teaching and learning centers have gone, it's very easy to focus on the techniques. Uh, so we have lots of offerings that are very technique focused, but for us, we wanted to shift things, um, like Nikki and I were chatting earlier about. No, it's not learning scales, right? It's right. how to improvise. It's learning jazz. It's learning how to make the dissonance sing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's not necessarily like that kind of, have I cut out again? You're good. I'm good? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So it just keeps on telling me that my internet's unstable. So sorry about that. Apologies. Okay. You, could, you uh, could
0: turn off your video and then that way okay. it'll free up
3: some bandwidth. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. Um, so yeah, I think for me, that is has been a huge thing and that comes in all the other stuff we do building you know, making sure we're reaching out to instructors in person mm-hmm. um, when I'm doing the curriculum work that I have to do. When people have to work with us, making sure that we do a good job in that place. So then there's the willingness to engage in the stuff that we want them to engage us with, and sure. and you know, the, there's kind of two areas that we felt a little unsure of in launching this, um, and one was like we have instructors who have gone through recovery and now we're offering uh, you know, something where there's going to be alcohol consumed and, and, you know, along with that, the idea of pints and pedagogy all of a sudden can turn into being taken as a less rigorous. Oh, there's not going to be, you know, it's not going to, we're not going to actually have to engage in a way that's going to be transformative. Um, So kind of, we had to manage those things to kind of get it off the ground well. And I feel like we did a great job. So making sure that we're not at all buying alcohol for anybody and it's, uh, you know, we're professionals. You can choose, like, if we're also, if we're in a different context, if we're in Europe, this would be no problem at all.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Some pedagogy at lunchtime.
3: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, making sure we obviously bought appies as part of our budget. Um, which we normally do for offerings on campus where we'll have treats. Um, and then also making sure that when we offered the first few where people came, that they actually came away with something that impassioned them. And so we've had people come up with ideas for new courses in our in our um, time together. We've had people come up with conference proposals Ooh. and, yeah. So it's been interesting when people start networking and, you know, talking about stuff that matters to them, then all of a sudden there's been this creation element that's been really cool to see as well. So, uh-huh. yeah, as it's, it's something starts small, like, and we, I've been at a pints in pedagogy where, you know, uh, instructor of the opposite sex come and I'm like, Oh, this kind of feels like a date <laughs> uh-huh. and you know, yeah. and I'm there with them and, and we're waiting and there's, you you know, so you have to be prepared. What happens if nobody shows what happens if one person shows um, or two people and just, you know, actually when there's only one or two people, it's actually a lot more difficult than 15, right. In terms of facilitation. And so, and, and you don't pretend. That's the other thing. And I think uh, in, in kind of, Getting this off the ground, the temptation there has been to pretend because we do that in teaching a lot. We pretend and uh, just being authentic and being like, "Oh, I guess nobody showed. That's terrible." Well, I don't wonder what happened there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and just being able to wear it and be like, "Okay, like maybe you guys don't want this. Like, it's these offerings are there intended to serve the faculty, and if they don't, if it's not a need, then." you got to shift to where the need is. Right. So.
4: helped when when i came along because i never miss one and so at least it was adam and i (laughs) and actually there was a few times where there would be a couple times it was adam and i and one other person and we actually would have like the most insane conversations at that point but we're like well, i feel like this was a an offering just for adam and i like it was was just (laughs) handy that someone else came along but um yeah no but in general uh you know we we certainly would towards, towards the end of the semester i found actually adam there'd be more people i remember there was of getting a bit of momentum because, and we do a lot of things like, oh, come on down. And some people don't think about it, they're like, oh, okay, I'll come, I'll drop down. And because right. it's a bit of a drop in sort of thing, too,
0: right? And how many times would you do this in a term?
3: So we would do uh, usually three times a semester, okay. and we were kind of realizing it should be around two. Okay. And so, with all of our lo- offerings, there's a bit of a life cycle to them, so mm-hmm. making sure that we're cognizant of that is, is super important. And, uh, yeah. And, and making sure that we we're kind of still learning the time segment, uh, for dip, cause we have such a variety of faculty who are coming from, you know, mm-hmm. trades and, you know, u- university credit and all over. Yes. So for some segments we get more people showing up than others. And mm-hmm. so, Yeah. It's kind of trying to figure out where people are at.
4: And I think we hit a sweet spot of time because we would go from four to five officially, which would really be 530, sometimes six, but really past 530, to be honest, especially if Adam and I were on the road because we'd have to drive back to Terrace. Um, And I think that was a nice spot because people could just come from their last class, most of our classes, Mm -hmm. unless you're in a six to nine class. Um, But even then you could still come beforehand uh and then people could go back to their um to their families so it really wasn't it really did look a little like a workshop but it, it wasn't because people would come they'd swing by they'd have a few snacks the food is a big drawer to be honest for sure. uh yeah. you know you get a big whole bunch of nachos on the table no one wants to miss that no, <laughs> no. They're good and, uh, nachos there i know that yeah they're good nachos <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah i would say that for adam
0: Writing you probably that down, agree reason, that timing reason number four to go to yeah.
1: see <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
4: Coffee, yeah. IPA, nachos. <laughs> I think and some, me, some people just come and pint a pint of water as well, right? Like, we, I mean, it's sure. just really just a chance just to come together and for that conversation. That was really the central piece.
2: Absolutely. But Sorry, the secret yeah. sauce the secret sauce to me that I, I mean, in my broad experience of science and pedagogy and cold, um, <laughs> that seems to be, it's, it's relationships, right? Like the, it started on focusing on relationships and building out. And I think that has been absolutely, I mean, you, you're not focused on the, the pedagogy. I mean, it is a big part of it. But the way that you guys have created this whole atmosphere of relationships first, it's relationships with each other, which leads into relationships with other faculty, which leads into relationships with students. And I think that's kind of the secret sauce that, that Colt has developed there. And I felt it when I was up there, I know Sally would agree too, that you guys and have created sad. that just warm welcome, like right away you feel at home. And so, I think that's why you see the success and why you see trades instructors coming to things like this where you normally wouldn't because it's just regular authentic relationships and regular authentic people.
0: Yeah. And that's the vibe I'm getting to that. It's, it's like relationships before workshops, right? Mm-hmm. And you build that connection and, and offer nachos, people will come.
1: Um, And and also what Nikki was just saying about the feedback that they got from the course offerings that they did. That was our experience as well. Uh, um, A few weeks ago, um, Jesse Chalmers and myself were chatting with Tim and Chad and a previous podcast about the authentic assessment workshops that we offered at um, VIU. And one of the really cool things that came out of that was we had groups of um trades faculty that ended up you know they worked together on collaboratively on their curriculum development and also we took them really from you know the start the very fundamentals of curriculum development all the way through these steps with the goal of putting their you know their curriculum online but the feedback we got was why have we never done this before like why has this never happened before but also this is amazing working with their fellow instructors. You know, they had never, ever had that opportunity um, prior. So even though, like Adam, you were saying, you know, one of the things with Zoom or other platforms similar to this is, yeah, anytime one person's speaking, there's one person speaking. And, you know, you don't have those kind of conversations anymore. And yet it's provided this opportunity where faculty never said can you provide us with opportunities or a workshop we can where we can work with all of our department for the day or we can do curriculum development they never asked for that because they didn't know that that was missing and now there's a very different mindset Mm -hmm. there so we've lost some things but we've gained I think we've gained you know much more probably
4: and I, on that note as well, I just I wanted to highlight the fact that we, uh, last week, we have a, always have a community kickoff day. It's called Goldsap Day. Um, I hadn't actually ever attended one in person, but previously they were in person. It's your standard president's address, traditional welcome. Uh, everyone gets together, goes to little workshops. And it's, I mean, everyone had to drive in normally from the other campuses. It was very <laughs> terrace focused. And, uh, and this year we did it virtually. And we had 100, at one point we had 138 people. On the uh, which is like a, a huge matter of attendance uh, across staff and faculty, and uh, people. Some of the feedback we've received from that is that um, like a couple of people said they've been to like five goldsap days, and this was the best because they okay. said it for the once felt like a, it felt like a real community, and we had four traditional welcomes from our four different campuses. We've never done that before. Uh, yeah, so it, that bringing together, I mean, you can go on and on about all the bad things about learning like this, but <laughs> uh, yeah. but there's some real advantages and uh, yeah, people are noticing and that's, we just got to figure out how to capitalize on that. And I
1: think that comes back to what Adam said earlier about these different, co- you know, different contexts create different conversations. Mm-hmm. And for me, the thing is that I think, you know, I mean, we've been quite sheltered here from the pandemic on Vancouver Island. So, you know, I feel very fortunate for that. But it is that noticing that these different contexts have created these different communities, different conversations. And I'm, you know, I'm very optimistic that we will actually get through this. But when we get through to the other side of this pandemic, we now have a much more sort of broader toolkit like we're mm-hmm. we, you know there's some I know that I work with the faculty that are just saying how much longer have we got to do this for and yeah. I'm like wow <laughs> you know I never I honestly never see us like we're not just gonna lose this new toolkit that we have it's no. such an incredible opportunity and just adds to all of our other tools that we had previously
2: it offers a level of engagement that we've never had before too. Like I'm finding that teaching in my, my what normally would be a face-to-face class. I'm having students like today I've ended a first week with a group and they said that they never thought that they'd be so engaged in an online course before and that they'd never had so much access to an instructor before. They never felt so safe as to to speak out. And so these are the tools I think that you're talking about, Sally, that I think Mm -hmm. it would be remiss if we just went all back to normal and went back face-to-face. And then all of a sudden that those students that, don't feel safe speaking up in class. Yeah. They do feel safe speaking up online in a chat, though. Well, we're, we're taking that power so, away from so them, yeah. and we can't do that to them. It's not fair to them. Suddenly, yeah. they have a voice that they've never had before, and they've got support that they've never experienced before. So, why would mm-hmm. we do that to them?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I, one, I, I had one uh, person in one of my night school classes send me a short video doing an introduction, and she she commented that she's usually very extroverted and and gregarious in a crowd, but in an online environment, she's exactly the opposite. She's shy, doesn't want to engage. She's afraid of being judged. And I'm thinking, how how do I make her or how do we make her or help her feel comfortable in this environment, right? Because there are people who show up who don't speak very much, who don't engage very much, but you know they're there and you don't have the you don't have the opportunity privilege of looking at body language and reading facial expressions Mm -hmm. and and all that other stuff, because it's uh, sometimes they're just not there with their camera on and stuff. So Mm -hmm. on the other side of it, I I have these students and she's not the only one, um, have these students that struggle with the connectivity barrier Mm -hmm. between online learning. And they feel like they can't engage the same way and they feel like they're under glass.
1: Yeah. I danced around that as well with um, um, the grad students that I worked with in the summer and I could, you know, I did had no previous connection with them whatsoever and you just zoom in there uh, one evening and you're, you know, you're kind of stuck there like a talking head and, and it's, you know, it's just so awkward really. And so I played around with a few ideas and one of the things and of course, you never know what's going to work. You think, okay, I've got all these office hours. I've put out the office hours. We can meet. We can chat one on one. But early on in the semester, chatting one on one with me was probably as intimidating as being, you know, stuck in the class. And so then I did this thing where I did these drop-in sessions on the Saturdays when we weren't in class. And you know, you just think, okay right? They're in class every other Friday night, Saturday in Zoom classroom. Who is going to drop in on that Saturday when they don't have to be Mm -hmm. there? I just couldn't believe it. They dropped in all over the place. Students were pulling over in their cars and just saying, okay, can only be here for 20 minutes? I've got to go and pick my son up or whatever. (laughs) But that was the tipping point. That was the piece. When they started to trust me and also... I didn't have to be, you know, because of what you said, Adam, you end up with this environment where there's one person talking. And mm-hmm. and so we go, okay, well, it's great. We've got breakout rooms. Let's put everybody in breakout rooms and let them talk. But you know what? They're having different conversations and they don't, you know, it still doesn't do quite the same. But, yeah, it is It is dancing around until you know when something works. And then from when those drop-in sessions started to really um, bring every, that connectivity that Chad's talking about, once that happened, then I saw people, many, many of the um, participants taking up those one-on-one office hours. Yeah.
4: I think I can speak to this because I'm one of those people that's, for sure being accused of filling up a room when I walk into it. Cause I am out, I'm out going and as <laughs> Sally has already indicated, Chad and I never stopped talking at the, at the restaurant. No, <laughs>
3: really? no. Yeah. No, and, and so to,
4: so this, is, really. this is hard for me as well, obviously, but it actually invites it. Like Adam had said, it invites a challenge to me as well. And mm-hmm. um, I find myself being a much more of a listener and that's, that's tough mm-hmm. because I'm, I like to be a talker. And, uh, and so that's, uh, it's a, it's an invitation to be, to actually experience your own transformation as, and I, I, I think we don't give each other enough credit about how adaptable we are as humans. I mean, I, I mean, if you just think back six months ago, none of this was normal and, and so much of it's already normal, right? So I, I just think we adapt so quickly. It's really uncomfortable at the beginning. Yeah. It's an invitation for our loud, crazy students who take up all the space like me to just to just take a, a back seat for a while and contri- find different ways to contribute that actually could be often quite appreciated by the class.
2: Oh uh, yeah, good point. Good. Um, and let's ag- and let's acknowledge that awkwardness too. That's what I mean, let's tell our students, you know what this is weird. i I agree that you know you're looking at a computer screen, I'm talking, you can't talk. we can't have these face to face like we normally do, but let's just make this work and let's be excited about it. And I, I just find that if I start sharing my excitement about all this, that bleeds out. Right. So sure. Sometimes it might be an act, but for them, they just, they feel that enthusiasm and then suddenly they're like, Hey, this, maybe this isn't so bad. And then yeah. things like what Sally, and that is such a great idea, Sally, about the whole holding an office hour like that and that's awesome that they're pulling off on the side of the road.
1: Yeah, I know. And then I started to do, you know, just very short video clips and post those during the week. Yeah. And then they started to do it back. And so then when it came to the assignments, because they felt very overwhelmed, you know, they're trying to teach online and they're they're studying as well. But their assignments, which I actually shared with um, Tim and Chad earlier on with, you know, with students' permission, they were pretty excited about this. And and so what I see now is when you're put into a team and you're giving a group presentation and they made these pretty cool um, presentations, just five minutes long and stuff like that, now the transition is going to be when you go into another class and you're told, actually, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept video or audio. But these are tools now. If I, you know, so I think we've disrupted in a way that we probably dreamt about disrupting. And I don't think there's, a, I don't think there's turning back. I think there's only a way forward. So I'm pretty excited about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, me I mean, too. cats out of the bag, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cats out of the bag. So let, let me let me take a little bit of a right turn here because uh, you mentioned something a little long, a while ago that uh, is interesting. What what are you what books are you reading right now, Nikki and Adam? What 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 are you reading that's uh, charging you up, firing you up, even or making you mad? Like you just want to throw the book out the window.
4: Adam, you go first. While I think about, it, I'm always reading books.
3: Uh, and I'm not reading books. <laughs> I have I have three small kids, and uh, <laughs> there has been li- very little book reading uh, going going on. Um, what are you listening to for podcasts? Um, I've been listening to, and Praxis maybe Nikki's going to bring this up because uh, one of my favorites is On Being. Um, by Krista Tippett, and uh, it's an NPR podcast, um, and I love that one. Mm-hmm. Just that I find, um, I was going to say this about the pints and pedagogy. A lot of the conversations we have are quite macro and somewhat mm-hmm. existential. It ends up being that maybe because I'm that way, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I find that uh, that On Being podcast. Uh, and I've been listening to a bit of poetry lately as well. Um, I say that with a chuckle because I don't take myself as being into lit and the artistic side of things. But I love I love it. And uh, for me, that's poetry's been helping unlock uh, a lexicon uh, uh, to be able to engage. Because one of the things as this pandemic has happened is. I found words inadequate and Mm. um, and I feel like the poets and the artists, especially with, you know, this acknowledgement of injustice with the black lives matter um, kind of stuff brewing um, that we need the artists and we need the poets uh, Mm. to, to be able to kind of give texture and expression to, to what's going on in the human kind of soul. And so, Yeah, the, those are, yeah, uh, there's been a few poetry podcasts and uh, Beyond Being One has been helpful in that regard.
4: Cool. And You're going to see why Adam and I get along because I'm reading Krista Tippett at the moment.
3: How can <laughs> I you mean, not love Krista Tippett?
2: She's amazing. Right? I know. Yeah. So
4: I'm reading Becoming Wise and Inquiry into the Mystery and Art of Living, which has actually been really helpful for me to try and navigate like how we're feeling right now mm-hmm. in the in the pandemic it's also very holistic so
2: mm-hmm.
4: um that really helps us from our perspective at coast mountain where we're we talk about place we talk about holism we talk about um connection whole body mind body connection and place and culture and uh this brings it all together for me and so that's um really helpful and then yeah i'm still plugging away i'm doing my own i do my own writing so i'm i'm still trying to write on assessment because i I have some crazy ideas about assessment that I want to get written down. So, Oh, tell um, us what they are. Nick. Oh, at another time.
1: <laughs>
4: I, I heard
0: that you're a little passionate, a, a little passionate.
3: About
4: oh, assessment. I am so passionate about assessment. Right, Adam?
3: Oh. Yes. And this is, this is the hook <laughs> for the next podcast. I'm sure. There you go. Um, it will be, And it's so funny because Nikki and I, when we used to travel to the different campuses, we would have these long conversations about, assessment about everything under the sun. And uh yeah, it's kind of neat to see like it kind of embodied in this podcast. And uh, like you said earlier, there's so much that's unsaid, right? Like yeah. we're not gonna be able to capture it all. No. No, no. Yeah. Sure. And
0: Adam, do you find yourself as the existentialist kind of playing the devil's advocate a little bit with Nikki and going, come on, Nikki, do you really believe that? Do you really think that's gonna work?
3: Well I don't know. We tend to do that to each other. Okay. Yeah. Um, and almost we, like, I was just trying to think of, uh, one of the topics we talked about, uh, the, the latest and greatest, it's not coming to me, but we would all say, what do you think about this idea? And then we would kind of, Oh, I've heard this, I've heard that. And then we mm-hmm. kind of sort through it. And, uh,
4: I think today we're talking about, um, agricultural, uh, in environmental stuff, so soil so soil things. But Adam and I, just so you know, this whole pandemic thing has worked out better for our department because the productivity of Adam and I when we're not in the office together is <laughs> through the roof.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: in terms of like transactional tasks, I say the right. transaction, uh, pace of transaction is increased from my workload, like I can just get things done, but the interaction and that holism, like thinking. Adam and I would. Oh my gosh, I, I don't even want to say how much time we talk about philosophy in the office. And so wow. sometimes we just text each other, and I'm like, I need an hour of your time, and and then we just get on the phone and start talking about philosophy. It's not That's quite the awesome. same though. That's
1: awesome.
0: I gotta go on lunch now. It's dude, yeah. it's ten. Yeah, I know. I gotta go. I gotta go. That's awesome.
3: Also, also Radio Lab. I don't know if people have listened Radio to Radio Lab, but mm-hmm. I love that podcast. Yeah. yeah.
0: Chad, which podcast do you not listen to? I oh,
2: know. <laughs> well, you got to listen to, like, Krista Tippett. is That's got to be, like, the first podcast everybody listens to. You can listen to Krista Tippett talk about ingredients to a paint can and feel the care and warmth and love. And she would ask that paint can the most <laughs> of brilliant questions, and the paint can would almost be in tears, and <laughs> I'll be in tears by it. And the poetry that comes out of that paint can. So okay. you got to do yourself a favor. Well, you've sold me. i got to look up Christopher. Yeah, me too. Right. Oh, On Being is so good.
1: Okay, we all want to know, when does Chad Flynn sleep? When does he sleep?
2: <laughs> he's got a six-month-old. <laughs> he never sleeps. Well, <laughs> oh, he's one. You can hear him in the background now. He's oh, chasing yeah. his There's six-year-old Sam. brother. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: all right, so, Sally, what are you reading?
1: What am I reading? Really good question. I'm actually... I have gone back to the urgency of teaching, like the nice. urgency of teachers. And it's, it's interesting because I read it um, at the end of 2018. And, um, you know, it was fabulous because I was, uh, Liesl Kanak was the director of the teaching and learning center at VIU at the time. And she pulled together nine of us and she said, you know, are you interested in going to, digital pedagogy lab in Toronto and we're kind of like oh yeah what's that and we would meet we I know I know it just seems like who was I then like who was that person that
0: digital what? what I
1: know I know and um anyway it was It was one of the most exciting times I can think of in my um, professional career because she pulled together nine uh, faculty members across the campus. And the first night we met in a restaurant, we had a lovely meal and she handed us this book and she said, read whatever you like, read whatever you like, see if you're interested in it. And then we'll meet in two weeks time. And what we did was we had a book club. We met right. every two weeks, but she would pose different questions. And I mean, the dialogue was just incredible. We would come together and we would just talk nonstop. But she was actually, you know, the carrot uh, that, that was dangled there was that, it, you know, we were all going to Toronto mm-hmm. to the lab for three days and we were preparing to be there. And, um, and I think because it was such a steep, steep learning curve at the time and it really resonated with me. I met Dave Cormier there and I'm like, where has this person been all my life? Well, where has he been? <laughs> and uh, Rajiv as well, Rajiv from sure. KPU. And I cannot, it's almost like I cannot remember my life before digital pedagogy okay so anyway that's what i'm reading i've gone back to it to uh yeah give it a good old second review
0: very good very good chad what are you reading right now He's
1: he's babysitting sorry i'm just putting some shorts on i'm gonna have
2: to get going really pretty soon here but i'm it's funny that you should uh mention rereading books I'm right now I'm reading I just finished A Radical Hope by Kevin Gannon which was an amazing book like I highly highly recommend that and then going back to kind of Adam's point I needed a break from just all this talk about pedagogy and all this so I'm rereading Michael Ondaatje's The English Patient again just because I needed Mm -hmm. to just listen to the beauty of words and that man he wrote with such like the way he describes things has me almost in tears sometimes so I just needed to get back and, and read something beautiful. So, and it's, it's definitely done that. It's so amazing. There's certain books that I've come back to. Like this is the second time I read this one. Uh, John Irving's A Prayer for Owen Meany is the one that I go, like I've read that one about 10 times now. It's funny, how I, I, I just go back to these warm, familiar words that make me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And even having Owen Meany screaming at me in the book, in the print with uh, ca- all the capital letters. But yeah, so I, I for, for now in this moment, I just need that. So yeah. How about you, Tim?
0: Well, it's not so huggy as what <laughs> some of you are reading. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, I'm reading two books at the same time. And then I'm working through my HMA squared framework that eventually I'll write a book on. I'm reading, I, they're, they're right beside me here. I'm reading uh, Leadership and Self-Deception. And, uh, that's a really good book recommended to me by a friend. I, I've, this is my third time through it. The first couple times I read it well, the first time I read it, I skim read it second time, got a little deeper. And this time I thought to myself, you know what, you need to really just sit and, and chew on this stuff. Um, really good. If you haven't, if you haven't read that book, you need to pick it up and it's not just applicable to leadership. It's applicable to, to relationships in life and whole. Like it's, uh, it's really, really good. Uh, the second one I'm reading is Stephen Covey's The Eighth Discipline. So it's a, it's a follow-up to the seven uh, disciplines or the seven habits of highly effective people. And uh, I'm a bit of a leadership productivity nut, so I tend to focus on those ones. My HMA Squared thing, I'm, I'm putting a small draft together for a book. It's HMA Squared. That's H-M-A-A. Nikki's reciting the, the acronym. So it means Heart, Mind, Attitude, Action. And it's, it's an acronym that I've used probably for the last 20 years. And it really helps me to understand why do people behave the way they behave? Why do they do what they do? So you see an action. And I, I know that there's tons of research that supports this, that our actions are informed by our feelings, our emotions, and our attitudes. And I've even gone into the Latin of this. So the telos or the action, the purpose, the end goal is informed by our pathos, our, our attitude, our feelings. Uh, but our attitudes and our feelings and our emotions are also informed by our mind, our, our, our logos, the logic of how we put our world together cognitively. That's why it's so important to understand that we can control a lot of our emotions. We just need to learn to exercise that muscle. And then, but, but, but even before that, sorry, even on, underneath that, there's the heart there and that, and that's the core value. So the mind is the logos, heart is the ethos, the, 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 core of who you are as a person and the values that you hold that are no non-negotiable, like you will die over these. These are things that you will go to the wall and you will never, ever, ever compromise them. And so your values inform the way you think. And the way you think informs the way you feel and the way you feel informs the way you behave. And it's, it's an acronym that I've used in my family and helping me to understand my kids, not just in why do they, why do they break the vase over their, over their sister's head to, you know, why do they steal? Why do they lie? Um, And, and has helped me personally. It's helped me in my relationship with my wife. It's helped me as an educator. It's helped me as a tradesperson. It's, it's done all these things for me. And so, I'm thinking about writing a book on it or using it as a PhD dissertation somehow. So, um, you
4: should do it both yeah. make it make, make them work together.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm trying to, but you Tim, know, I, 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 it's not like I got an extra 15 hours a week to throw yes. a PhD so,
1: yes, <laughs> or do. 20
0: hours a week. Tim, so, I don't want
1: to take you off track on that, but just mm-hmm. with what you've said, I think when we consider the context of what you said and we think about the fact that, that very those values, beliefs um, shape how we teach as well, like oh, yeah. you're talking yeah. about the broader context, yeah. but in my research, I looked at just how those perceptions, those hidden values that mm-hmm. people are not conscious of, how they do shape how they teach, so I think for the next you know mm-hmm conversation I think we should talk about that
0: no I agree I agree and in fact that I've already worked out the title of the book not that it's probably going to stay this way but it's called as the chips fall and what it what it refers to is the chip on your shoulder falling off and uh and it kind of ties into the life as an apprenticeship idea that no matter where you go there's always stuff to learn you never really master anything You, you can become really good at it there's always more room to learn there's always more room to get better um and you have a responsibility to pass that on to other people. Knowledge isn't just about cramming it in your head so that you're the only one who knows this. Like that—that's not the goal of attaining, growing, adding to knowledge. It's—it's it's really about adding it, passing it on to the next generation. So, all of that rolls into that. And and yeah, you're right, Sally. We need to we need to roll that into our next. Um,
1: yeah. As ex- I ex- say, I, I come to everything, you know, with a chip on both shoulders.
0: <laughs> well, We so all do. We all do, right? <laughs> and, and that's why this conversation resonates with, with me so much. Like the, some of the stuff you guys are talking about, yeah, it's meta and yeah, it's broad range but, and yeah, it could, be, it could be emotional and it could spark some real deep discussion but it's all practical stuff too, right? Like it's not just, oh, you know, why is why is this color pink instead of purple? And we'll debate that. And no, no, no. It's 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 how does it affect you today and how's it gonna affect you tomorrow? And that's what I love about this stuff. So thank you, Nikki and Adam. It's <laughs>
4: No worries. Let's do this again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, (laughs) you're not even waiting for me to ask. You're like, yeah, let's let's (laughs) jump in. Um, yeah, we will do this again. And, uh, for sure. And, um, we'll, we'll get, uh, we'll get our people to talk to everybody else's people and make it happen. So again, Nikki Mm -hmm. and Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, it's been fantastic. Chad, you doing all right. You're not getting beat up by your kids.
2: (laughs) No, I'm out walking now. This is the joy (laughs) of, nice. I'm walking my seven year old to a birthday party, okay. calming the one year old down and the dog. Okay. So, yeah, oh, this, has been, <laughs> this has been amazing, though, and I, I agree. I second what Nikki says. This is obviously not the end, right? This is just the yeah. first of many, hopefully. Yeah.
0: yeah. Chad, you're, you're living the pandemic teacher's life experience right now. You're, you're, on a, you're on a Zoom call, walking a dog, taking your kid to a party.
2: <laughs> yeah living the dream probably gonna stop <laughs> at your wine store on the way home, home the dream, that's, that's already been stopped at oh <laughs> good yep. nice
0: work nice work sally
1: yeah this feels work? this feels like the beginning it's so amazing listening to Nikki and adam it feels mm-hmm. like the beginning mm-hmm. yes. yeah. yeah
0: yeah totally really okay, looking
4: well, forward to yeah. kind of sounds
0: like you guys are roped in at least for another one Maybe a series. We'll talk about that offline. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, that'd be so cool.
0: That would be very cool. Okay. All right. Take care, everybody. Okay.
4: Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you. Have a good
4: weekend. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, everybody. Wow. That was amazing. And uh, thanks so much for staying with us for this whole episode, a whopping one hour, 15 minute episode it has been fantastic. Hope you enjoyed every second of this podcast. We will definitely be having this kind of podcast again with Nikki and Adam. And, uh, Stay tuned. So like I said at the beginning, if you haven't given us a rating and a review yet, please do that. Help us uh, get past this big, nasty algorithm that's out there. Help us to promote the podcast for those who need to hear it, want to hear it. If you can think of anybody that we should reach out to for the podcast, let us know. You can find me at Twitter at Praxis Pedagogy. You can find Sally on Twitter at Doc Vinden and you can find the famous Chad Flynn at Chad H. Flynn on Twitter. Thanks very much, everybody. Take care. Hope you have a great week. See you soon.